0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jesse from BSN Denver. I'm hanging out with AJ Hayfley today from the BSN Avalanche.
1: We're talking about one of our favorite spots in all of Colorado to get some beer up at the uh, Cardo Keg House. AJ, tell us about it. It's pretty cool. You walk in and there's a it's, it's this big bar right in front of you, and you know it's every, all these beers are on tap, all the beers that you can you could really imagine that that you maybe probably have ever even heard of. Yep. Yep. And uh, they give you this huge menu, and you're able to just flip through it and Anybody, anybody that likes any kind of beer, especially made f- in Colorado, is definitely going to be able to to find something that they like. Yeah. Uh, you know, personal favorite of mine is the, the Apricot Blonde from Dry Dock Brewery out in Aurora. And yeah, man, it's just it's one of my favorite places. Off Wadsworth and 36 in Bluefield, right next Prompt- to the first base. You know.
2: Sitting in the south stands, drinking the course from Mile High, the best part of the week. Hugging a perfect stranger As they become a friend Having a good time
0: what's up everybody welcome to day four day four guys three Three. day three okay (laughs) day three day four for us because we flew in on monday but uh day three of coverage here mobile alabama uh, bsn broncos podcast welcome back guys the whole crew is here this week as you know and this is actually our last day in mobile we're gonna drive to nola in the evening uh late afternoon and that's when all hell's going to break loose. So I'm not sure what kind of pod we'll have for you tomorrow, but should be good. Lots of great stuff to get into today. We've got a lot of questions we're going to answer from the uh, listeners. And then we're going to get into some of our, you know, I, I think Ryan has an overarching belief that he wants to make sure everybody understands and uh, we're really kind of going to drill down to the positions and stick with quarterback a little before we jump into that. Let's talk about Strava craft coffee, the CBD infused coffee that is just changing the world and changing the lives of the people at BSN Denver here. Make sure you go to stravacraftcoffee.com and use promo code BSN 2018 for 20% off your first order. That's BSN 2018 for 20% off of your order. Um, Strava is a great partner and this is coffee that can really and legitimately change your life and change your body so make sure you help us out by helping them out okay guys let's jump right into it Zach Stevens wrote a piece yesterday about how Drew Locke could potentially fit into a Rich Scangarello offense so let's jump right into that Zach
3: yeah and not how he could fit in I mean he fits in to what Rich is looking for, Love this excitement. it's 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 incredible, and we're hyping him up because what we've seen on the field this week in Mobile and what we've uh, heard from him have have been really by far the best out of any of these guys here. So it makes sense why we're hyping him up. We know John Elway likes him, and he fits what Rich wants. So this it seems right now like a natural fit for both sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you do you guys feel? like, you know, Drew Locke, maybe with some of the West Coast undertones is going to fit that as well. I know that in day two, Ryan, you were calling it the easy cheese. You liked it actually how some of those check down passes looked. So when they're trying to, you know, bring those safeties back into the box, whether it's through the run or the pass game so that they can air it out, which is some of those Shanahan West Coast themes that we're probably going to see from Skangarello, I think there's a fit there as well,
4: right? Absolutely. I I mean, he, he pretty much is the ideal quarterback for that offense. In my mind, um, he's fleet of foot. He's got the big arm. He can, you know, get out of the pocket on those bootlegs and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and Andre actually pointed out that a lot of the deep shots they took at Wagner under Rich Scangarello, uh, involved going max, max protect, and pretending like they're going to run it out of that you know, and go play action and go deep over the top, uh, which is something that fits that offense very well as well. So um, Drew has shown a lot this week. He, he's really proven, in my mind, that he is easily the best NFL quarterback here. Uh, and, and now it's up to the Broncos to figure out which one of these guys they like because I think it's pretty clear that there's three legit NFL quarterbacks that will go in the first round.
2: Yeah, if Locke can just clean up his footwork, he'd be an ideal fit uh, because Scangarello does a really good job of simplifying reads. It's, you know, he makes it easy for you to go to your first and second read. Those will be open for you, typically. Uh, Manufacturing vertical routes with uh, play action and max protect, as Ryan just pointed out, and... uh, You know, with a little development, this could be a nice, easy offense for him to operate and take
3: those deep shots, which is kind of his forte. So it'd it'd be an intriguing fit for sure. Let's just say this offense is going to look 100% different from what you were used to last year. It's not going to be boring. Now, it may not be great, but it's certainly going to be exciting.
0: And, you know, I think, and this is a different show, but they got to get the horses in there still. Hundred you know, percent. So, so yeah. there, there's still a long way to go there. It can't just be E. Sanders in there, uh, and you know a couple rookies that can't get separation. One dropping balls like the identity has to change. But yeah. let's go into the QB scoreboard. That was the other big piece yesterday on BSN Denver. And remember, guys, if you want to read these pieces and you want to get into that, um, you you know depth you know deep breakdown i should say that zach gave or you want to get into the qb scoreboard and find out what happened at mobile subscribe to bsn denver with promo code senior bowl all one word for a 25 annual pass uh, and you can also get to comment uh, and ask questions that go on the podcast as chivalrous did and we're going to get into that in the next segment but let's let's jump to uh, andre here qb scoreboard what happened
2: yeah, I thought that Drew Locke kind of won the day, and uh, you know was flashed the arm, looked more consistent than um, than Daniel Jones did. He looked really good throwing away from his arm side, which was a concern for Daniel Jones, especially on deep balls. wasn't perfect. Maybe as Ryan put it, overcooking some short throws a little bit. Uh, there were a few line drive type throws where he's upping the RPMs. But really could have used a little more touch to allow their wide receivers to go under it. Uh, threw some really nice, you know, the best deep ball of the day to Terry McLaurin with perfect touch. Just flawless ball placement allowing McLaurin to catch it in the end zone after he beat his, uh, his defensive back. Then just unleashed a beautiful throw to the massive tight end that's out here, whose name I'm blanking on because it's not the easiest Donald name. Donald Parham. There you go. Well done. And, um, yeah, I think Daniel Jones won the day. Look, or um, Drew Lock won the day. But I must say, Daniel Jones, in a lot of ways, impressed me too. I thought he showed better arm strength than I expected coming in. Uh, looked a little smoother. Though we're still seeing some consistency issues, not as accurate on a throw-in throw-out basis, and I was also impressed with some of what you know Stitham and Minshew showed on the South practice. I thought both, especially Stitham, who has a lot of natural talent, uh, was impressive. Though he, boy, he only wants to talk about his leadership, which is kind of annoying when we interview him. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of things that were annoying in interviewing these
4: quarterbacks. Anyone not named drew lock. Um, uh, what about the NC
0: state guy? Yeah. Right. Ryan I mean, Finley. literally you should play that clip on this podcast. Ryan Finley. It's too awkward. Just, I don't yeah. even know if the listeners, can I mean, handle it. literally one of the worst human beings in Alabama. Oh my wow. God. <laughs> uh,
4: Brandon's a little uh, jacked up on coffee over there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Andre goes, so uh, how was practice today? This was after, of course, the rain rain practice, which they took over to the indoor facility. And Ryan Finley's like, yeah, it was fun. And Andre's like, well, we weren't there. Could you uh, share some more details of of how it went? He's like, oh, you weren't there? Andre's like, no, the media couldn't go. He's like, oh, yeah.
2: Well, it was fun. It was fun. (laughs) Kind of gave me like an evil smile, too. Like, you are getting nothing out of me. And yeah. piggybacking you off, the have said you, oh, OK,
0: well, that means that you probably played terrible
2: <laughs> <laughs> piggybacking off that quarterback scoreboard. We did find out that in the second day, Daniel Jones, who reportedly was the best looking quarterback on the day, did throw two interceptions. And that was in seven on sevens. I mean, there's, yeah, I was there's the that's video a great. of it.
0: You know, that's exactly what I was going to talk about, because the next thing we're going to talk about here is what we all learned yesterday. And for me, what I learned was that Daniel Jones has a a bad attitude and it could be only towards the press, um, but still a a bad attitude nonetheless. And one that if he you know, I I think that a lot of people are are talking Daniel Jones to the Giants, um, or, or at least that was some of the talk and. I think that we can all agree that Daniel Jones in the New York media market at this point does not look like a very organic fit. Um, 100%. Not only did he have his people pretty much say like, hey, if you want to talk to Daniel Jones, you have to go through his agent, which is, you know, that might not sound crazy to you as a fan, but you have to realize these guys are down to build their stock in the draft to build their relationship with the fans, to build their value as an asset and to build their brand somewhat. A hundred percent. And so, you know, when you remove yourself from all of that um, and you create negativity around yourself, you're doing the exact opposite. Then on top of that, he goes and he throws two picks. And from what we saw and heard, you know, the consensus was that he was the best quarterback Up to that point, he was having a strong practice. He throws a pick, which we saw. I mean, this was seven on seven in a dome on turf with no pressure coming. And he throws a pick. It's a bad look. And on the very
4: next play. That's right throws another one very next play throws yeah. another
0: one and then comes back after practice he's walking him and drew lock walking together drew lock stops by starts talking to the press high-fiving kissing babies hugging moms doing the drew lock thing and <laughs> daniel jones is just hey he's walking right through he's not going to talk to anybody he's not going to address the situation so it's a tough week and a bad look for daniel jones that's what i learned
2: yeah and they that- end First pick, he's taking like five seconds on seven on sevens to even get the ball out and still throws a pick. Just not a good look. To Nasir Adderley, who's one of the more impressive defenders here. I like Nasir Adderley.
4: Um, I learned about Titus Howard, the uh, offensive tackle out of Alabama State. Mm -hmm. This guy, uh, it's kind of funny, so I'll just give you guys full disclosure. Yesterday, before the guys went to practice, they gave us media opportunities with about 10 guys before they hopped on the bus. The weird thing down here is there's how many prospects, Dre? 80?
2: Yeah, easily.
4: Or I guess even more. 114. 114 114 prospects down here. And most of these guys were just learning of this week. We don't know what they look like. It's not like the Broncos locker room where I can walk in and know every single player by first and last name and number uh you know for most of the season we don't know who these guys are so unless they're wearing a name tag which in this case Titus Howard was not you don't know who they are so I walk up into a scrum having no idea who this guy is and he starts telling his story he's like yeah well I was a I was a quarterback in high school and I'm, and you're looking at this mountain of a man being like you were a quarterback he's like I was 6'2 225 I'm like what who is this guy? What position does he play? And then he's like, and then, you know, um I got to college and I was I was playing as tight end and I'm like, okay. And he's like, and at that point, you know, I was up at 2 245 and I'm like, it's still not where he is right now. He's like, and then after that, I I became the starting right tackle on my team and then I was up at 275 and then this last season, my senior season after 3 years at right tackle, I'm all the way up to 65 315. I mean, this guy <laughs> is like the ultimate late bloomer who is a absolute beast and I'm so intrigued by him because one, he is a smart and savvy kid. Like uh as soon as he starts talking, you know that this kid gets it. Yeah. But he played the position. He played quarterback and he ended up of course being this, the left tackle of his team, but he he played quarterback. I think for an offensive lineman to be able to see the field the way a quarterback does. He's talking about the way he sees the safeties, and depending on where the safeties are, that's how he knows he can get off his block and get to the second level. And I'm just like, this guy has Tell such... Tell him about the override uh, you know, right. that he has. He, you know, obviously, most teams want their center and their quarterback to call the protections, which is the way that Alabama State had to set up. But he from his coach was given the green light to, if he sees something and disagrees with the quarterback in the center, he has the ability to override the protection call. So he really gets it. He really That's sees crazy. the game and he is a, a mountain. He's six five, three
3: fifteen. And what's crazy is how new he still is to the tackle position. His nickname in high school was Wiener because he was a small guy and, and, and his teammates teased him with that. Now, just in three or four years, he's learned right tackle and left tackle. He has he has so much potential, and he's showing it out here. He's he's going up against the good defensive ends and holding his ground.
4: It's funny because Drew Locke also has a Wiener related nickname.
3: <laughs> Are you sharing that today, no, Ryan? No, sure not. Sure not. We have <laughs> if
0: if
4: you want to learn about Drew Locke's Wiener related nickname, you have to
0: go to Barstool, Missouri, and uh, big day for them getting that plug.
3: Um, <laughs> and we. Go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say, and the, the, the thing I learned yesterday, we talked about him yesterday, but Andy Isabella is mm. the truth. Yesterday he, he said really he is. ran a 4 Now it's hand-timed. Take that as you may. Philip Lindsey ran a 4 3 hand-timed at his pro day last year. He turned out to be the truth. That turned out to be pretty darn legit. But also, Brandon, you asked Drew Locke about him. And Drew Locke has been great with the media. He's animated. He's been cool, right? But he lit up <laughs> he when you asked him about him. And that, that, that says everything you need to know. Uh, the guy's been working with him for two practices. And Drew Locke, a top quarterback in this draft, knows that he's the truth. Calls him UMass. Looks at him all the time. That, that's huge. This Andy Isabella guy, we know from just watching one practice and talking to some few people that he's a player. Yeah, what was
0: crazy is that he said, his eyes lit up, and then he said, oh, he's a a shifty little guy, isn't he? And then he started talking about him, and and, and at one point he said, he must have. Rushed it at UMass. He must. I mean, it must have been stupid, something to that effect. Yeah. He must have just gone stupid, right?
2: Well, and, and in fact, he led the country in receiving yards with seventeen hundred in twelve games.
0: Seventeen hundred catches, seventeen hundred yards, a <laughs> hundred and two catches, thirteen touchdowns in twelve games. Yeah. You've
3: got to be kidding! me.
0: Unbelievable. Un- I mean, a-, a college season like no other. And then what happened was after we kind of embellish on 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 Andy Isabella three or four questions later someone says hey can you walk us through your best throw and your best play today and he's like he starts talking about it and then he says of course and it was to UMass which is what he calls Andy Mm -hmm. Isabella and then you could tell like he was like well I don't want this whole thing to be about Andy Isabella so he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit but you know the best play of the day was to to Andy Isabella as well big time player
2: yeah and Penny Hart has been great the other small school uh diminutive slot receiver and we've had some other great stories like that Alabama State kid you have John Kaminsky who Brandon nicknamed the Terminator for how he presented himself on the podium this was like an option quarterback linebacker out of a small Ohio school high school who's turned into the best division two defensive lineman in in all of college football last year and came along a little bit in practice yesterday you have Garrett Bradbury, the Remington Award winner, the leader and center of NC State's offensive line who came into NC State as a fullback or tight end, and now he's become the best interior lineman in the country. So you have some really great stories here about the senior bullets. It's one of the low-key things that I don't think we have enough of an appreciation for or don't talk about enough.
4: I forgot that Titus Howard also told us he can throw a football 70 yards in the air. Here is the next question.
0: Can Drew Locke have a Baker Mayfield type rise? We'll answer this one, and then we'll go to to, to our first break here. But can Drew Locke have a Baker
3: Mayfield type rise? uh, Zach? Baker was obviously great last year. He was the best quarterback here. And entering the senior bowl, what people forget, he was viewed as a second-round pick. Some people thought maybe... Uh, In the first round, we thought that was crazy. We thought he was a first-round pick. We didn't know where. We thought he could be there with the Broncos at five. Uh, There were some people in Denver that said, you're crazy if you pick Baker Mayfield at five. Well, Drew Locke, we read some mock drafts on the plane this weekend saying he's a second-round pick. He's not in the first round. Other people believed he was mid-late first round. Not a lot of people put him in the top ten. Can he have that rise? I mean, right now, it is clear that he's the best guy here. He's winning with the media like Baker did. Maybe not to the extent, but he is. And then on the field, he's also winning just like Baker did last year.
4: I think he can. I think he can have a similar rise, but not a meteoric rise the way that uh, that Baker did. I mean, Baker went from the fringe to number one. We heard about John Dorsey like kidnapping him out of the hotel so he could go have a private meeting with him. I mean... It was very clear by the time we left here that the Browns were completely enamored in Baker Mayfield, and it was whether they're going to draft him at one or four or get crazy and think they could trade back. We knew, we knew that the buzz was off the charts. I don't think... Drew Locke is going to have that rise. But if, you, if you're if you someone who thinks that he's not a first-round prospect, well, then he's going to have a similar rise because he will be drafted in the top ten.
2: Especially if he keeps playing the way he does in this third practice and kind of lights it up in the game, Lauletta style, that'd be huge for him, for sure.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. I think that he can. Uh, the only thing I would say is that, you know, in order to have a Baker Mayfield-type rise, um one of those early teams is going to have to go with him. And this is something we're going to talk about in this podcast is the fact that there's two quarterbacks in this draft. They're going to go before him. They're just not here at the senior bowl. So they're not getting the talk and yep. the coverage from us this week. Um, but one of them's Haskins from Ohio state, which could be the number one overall pick or, or, or well, not the number one overall picks. The Cardinals have that, but you know, one of those top three picks, Top four picks. And then the other guy is obviously uh, Kyler Murray, uh, otherwise known as Kyler Murray. And, uh, you know, hey, Kyler Murray is a transcendent athlete. So, And and we'll get into those guys. But um, I would say that, you know, with – I get it, Ryan. I would say that, you know, if those guys – I don't think Drew Locke can 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 overcome the two players that are ahead of him over there. Uh, so in that case, he's not going to have as as transcendent of a rise as Baker Mayfield. But as far as impact on the team that he goes to, I think that he absolutely could. Okay, let's go to the next segment here. Uh, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the BSN Broncos podcast on the BSN Denver Podcast Network.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? This
0: is Jesse from BSN Denver. I'm hanging out with AJ Hayfley today from the BSN Avalanche.
1: We're talking about one of our favorite spots in all of Colorado to get some beer up at the uh, Cardo Keg House. AJ, tell us about it. It's pretty cool. You walk in, and there's a it's, it's this big bar right in front of you, and you know, it's every, all these beers are on tap, all the beers that you can you could really imagine that that you maybe probably have ever even heard of. Yep. Yep. And uh, they give you this huge menu, and you're able to just flip through it and Anybody, anybody that likes any kind of beer, especially made in Colorado, is definitely going to be able to to find something they like. Yeah, Uh, you know, personal favorite of mine is the the Apricot Blonde from Dry Dock Brewery out in Aurora, and yeah, man, it's just it's one of my favorite places. Off Wadsworth and Thirty Six in Brewfield, right next to the First Bank Center, it's the Colorado Keg House.
0: Welcome back to the BSN Broncos Podcast. Brandon Spano, Ryan Konigsberg, Zach Stevens, Andre Simone, entire BSN Broncos crew here in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Let's jump into some news and notes back home. Uh, A couple changes here on the Broncos. uh, You know, Broncos coaching staff, Broncos player personnel.
3: Yep. Even though John Elway is here with us at the Senior Bowl, they're still doing some things down in Denver. The first, they cut Andre Holmes, who played in three games with the Broncos last year, had one catch for five receptions. Clearly, they had to pick up receivers later in the season, so they made that move to bring him on board. Now they're going in a different direction, and they also hired Chris Cooper as their to be the assistant offensive line coach with Mike Munchak. People love this move, not just because they're bringing back a former Broncos guard who was a stud, but he is viewed very highly in the coaching ranks. Now that offensive line coaching duo, that's a power couple. Absolutely. I mean, it's
4: a it's a really mutually beneficial relationship, right? Because Chris Cooper is already viewed as a rising star in the offensive line coaching ranks. So now he gets to come to Denver, his home, work with an offensive line that certainly needs a lot of work, and prove himself under the best offensive line coach in the NFL, Mike Munchak, or maybe second best uh, if you look at the guy over there in New England. So this is a... A huge win for the Broncos, but I think it's an even bigger win for Chris Cooper, which is probably why he was so eager to do it, because he gets to come in here and if him and Mike Munchek can, you know, put the miracle grow on the Broncos offensive line and get this group going, not only is Mike Munchak potentially going to be in line for another head job, but Chris Cooper is going to be in line for a full-time offensive line coach gig.
3: And the other news going out at Broncos headquarters today, they will formally introduce their new coordinators, Rich Scangarello and Ed Donatel. Even though we're in Mobile, we're still going to cover that, so make sure you stay tuned to BSN Denver uh, to, to get up to date with those new hires, find out a little bit b- about both of those guys, and then we'll certainly touch on that tomorrow on this pod.
2: Yeah, and Cooper is interesting because we've talked about this yesterday, right, where... Best-case scenario, you're going to lose some of these guys, and it's kind of the one bummer in not having an offensive-minded head coach as you you might end up losing guys like Munchek. Well, now Munchak can groom kind of his predecessor, and it's a promising up-and-comer. It's a guy who has a ton of respect when he was with the Broncos under Tim Tebow and stuff. He was the leader of that offensive line. He's calling protection adjustments and all that kind of stuff. So really interesting matchup. I like that a lot.
4: The other thing that we wanted to talk about here, or at least I want to talk about, I told you guys before this segment or before this podcast that I wanted to set the record straight on something and it regards the top three quarterbacks in the draft. Look, we've been, we've been gushing about Drew Locke since we got down here and and I love Drew Locke and I think Drew Locke has a very, very, very good chance to be a Denver Bronco. But I didn't want anyone to think we were getting crazy because in my opinion, and, and I've Decided to take a formal stance on this. Kyler Murray is the number one quarterback available. Um, Player, probably. Potentially. Right. uh, I mean, Nick Bosa is kind kind of a can't-miss prospect, in my opinion. Quinn and Williams ain't too bad either. Yeah, so there are some some can't-miss guys. I think Kyler Murray's quote-unquote bust potential might be a little higher than some of these other guys. But for me, I'm ready to say that Kyler Murray is my QB1. Um, I was sitting there thinking it was Dwayne Haskins, and look, I still love Dwayne Haskins. But the more I watched the two, the more I realized the only thing I like more about Dwayne Haskins is his size. Right. It, he looks the part. I mean, he absolutely looks the part. He checks off all of the boxes in terms of you know, what a quarterback should look like out there. But I realized I, I, I sh- that's the only thing I like more about him than Kyler Murray And to me, especially in today's day and age, that's not enough to knock a guy down. So I think Drew Locke is
2: going to be a good pro. Uh,
4: But to me, he's still the third quarterback available.
2: And firmly the third. Like those other two are the consensus, one and two. Then it's Drew Locke kind of leading that second tier of quarterbacks. And for more information on that, we also published my updated big board with gifts and uh, more universal non-senior bowl specific Breakdowns of those top three quarterbacks and kind of my general overview of this quarterback class. So, check that out if you are a subscriber and subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Yeah, I to totally agree. I mean, I was watching
0: those Kyler Murray highlights when we were just hanging out last night, and I mean, the reel just goes on forever, and he is is incredible he's electric you know i mean some of those rpos where you know it's play action he holds the ball in there forever so those linebackers are frozen there they don't know if they should drop into coverage or play or fill the you know run lanes and then he pulls it back out and he starts running everybody collapses on him and then he throws it after that it's just like It looks unstoppable, and he just looks like Russell Wilson. He looks like a faster, more athletic Russell Wilson, if you can can believe that, you know. And I'm just, like, enamored by the guy. I I think he'd be incredible. And and this is the last point I'll make on him is that if you're going – and this is what I was saying. If you are in the division with Patrick Mahomes and your job is to defeat Patrick Mahomes and you need to match him with another quarterback – there's one guy in the draft that is going to match the electricity. There's one guy in the draft that's going to be able to match that game-changing power that he has, and it's Kyler Murray. And there is a bus factor, like Ryan was saying. 100%. But the opportunity to match Mahomes isn't it doesn't rest with the other guys as much as it does with Kyler Murray. And what I was saying is, even though the Broncos probably are too conservative in their thinking process to draft a Kyler Murray. If the Raiders, for example, were to actually draft him. I think that a lot of people would be very worried that you're going to be playing Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray for the next 15 years. And you've got Phillip rivers for another half decade or however long he decides to play. It's going to be a tough situation.
3: Yeah, it certainly would be. And there's no question. The electricity is there. And I love what I see on film and tape of, uh, of Kyler Murray, but let's take a step back. Is no. he? Is he? <laughs> is he viewed as a consensus top pick? I don't think so. I don't think he's viewed as a you know the top two quarterbacks in this draft. I think people that want electricity obviously view him as the number one quarterback in this draft. But I think there's some draft people out there and some GMs uh, and some mock drafts that say absolutely a first round pick. And some people are probably saying should be taken number one overall. Should be taken number three to the Raiders. There's also some people that believe. Don't touch this guy until the third day of the draft. And then then you have people in the middle where it's saying, maybe take a flyer on him in the second or third round. Now, I think he's going to go in the first round, but I don't think he's this guy where uh, consensus right now, you have to trade up for him from 10 in order to get him. I think they are, I mean, guys, he's 5'8 from trying to get the right height that we've heard. This is so, so different than a six-foot Baker. It is. He's 5'9
4: and 7 eighths. We will we'll find, find out. That's going to be big. <laughs> well, that's what – I don't know if you saw it, but that's what the uh, Oklahoma um, – what's his – I don't know, I know exactly what his name, but one of the guys in the Oklahoma staff said, we measure all of our players on the exact scale when they walk in on the first day of – Camp or whatever, and he came in at five nine and seven eighths.
3: I was I was five nine and seven eighths in high school as well when I played football. When they uh, when they put those measurements out too, I'm just saying okay. Five. Did you play football, Zach? I did. Of course, I did. Cornerback (laughs) stud over here. Oh, there you go. There you go. (laughs) But um, but even that. Let's say he's five nine and seven eighths. That's so different. Remember when Baker last year? We we were waiting to see if he cleared six feet. Because if he was 5'11 and three quarters, that would have been an issue. Okay, well, now we're talking about, is Kyler Murray going to clear 5'10? It's it's And Ryan, I agree with you. I wouldn't be concerned with that. And I love what John Gruden and Kyle Shanahan have said this week about, you know, we need to stop looking at prototypes. I've stopped looking at prototypes. That's what John Gruden said. He said, instead, I'm looking at who can play football. Yep. And that's great that he has that mindset. The rest of the NFL, I mean, come on, more than not, does not have that mindset, especially under
4: 5'10". Here's the difference, though, is that Baker Mayfield wasn't Sonic the damn hedgehog running around out there. Like, is it a concern that he's on the short side? Yes. But the ability to get, in my opinion, the next Michael Vick is something that you have to it's – a, it's a risk you have to be willing to take, especially like, Brand, like what Brandon said, with Patrick Mahomes in your division – do you want when you watch Patrick Mahomes, how jealous of you are, are you, and I'm talking to Broncos fans, of those crazy plays he makes, you mm-hmm. know, where he scrambles out of the pocket and he throws back across his body and you had him on third and fifteen, and now it's first and ten at the fifty. Like there's only one guy, like Brandon said, who is going to bring that type of electricity, and it's Kyler Murray. And I think the Broncos have to dump the conventional thinking because it's you're you're no you're no longer in a normal situation. When the Chiefs had Alex Smith as their quarterback, you were in a normal situation. Now you are in a situation where the most electric player in the NFL, and whether you want to talk about that as Tyree Kill or Patrick Mahomes, are in your division. You have to stop being conventional if you want to compete in this division for the next fifteen years.
3: Brian, I'm not disagreeing with you about what he brings and the potential and everything. I'm saying that from a GM perspective and what these teams are thinking it's different you know it, it's not you're talking that about the risk profile it,
0: it, which is way higher than any other player in the draft
3: and I don't think he's consensusly viewed as this top he's guy not. he's not exactly
2: but he should be and I well, believe that very strongly and I think he's f- more firmly in the first round mix than guys like Daniel Jones or Drew Locke if we're trying to look at a consensus you know and, I mean, all these points are, are, are well taken. We were talking about it. I don't, I don't believe this was on air, um, how a conventional three-step drop in under center is not something you're really going to be able to do with Kyler Murray. Not a three-step drop where it's one, two, three, boom, back foot hits, transition weight to front foot, let it fly. Right. That's not really going to occur. And he can't – look, I think he's very efficient within the pocket. He played at Oklahoma – with absolutely an NFL-sized offensive line and was far and beyond the best player in the country. So that concerns me less. But you are going to have to tweak your offense. You're not going to be able to play under center as much. You're not going to be able to be conventional as much. To me, an old scouting adage that I like to always apply is you can't both be undersized and unathletic. One of, you have to be elite in one of those two areas and that applies to every single position and he's so elusive we've talked about this with Isabella you never really see Kyler Murray get squared up and I know in that Alabama game he took some hits look college football isn't like the NFL you can still hit the quarterback in college football in the NFL eh, not so much anymore it's it's becoming harder and harder to square up a QB and he's going to have that smaller strike zone so it's going to be even harder for defenders to try and square him up and get a legal hit and uh yeah what really impresses me about him though is his accuracy his consistent ball placement he's always putting the ball in the right spot I know we've been asked about well isn't he always throwing to wide open receivers when you really watch the entire tape you watch like what he does in the red zone he's able to thread the needle mix in touch and zip to really throw to guys who are not open at all, who are blanketed, but he always puts the ball just in the right spot where only his guy can get it, and that 's where he stands out above all else.
4: The last thing i 'll say here about Kyler Murray is that he brings something that I think can break defenses, which is the ability to extend plays on third down there 's nothing worse as a defense than when you have everything covered and the quarterback breaks out of the pocket and whether your your corner has to come off the receiver to try and to try and stop him and he just flips it over his head and they've got a first down or whether you stick with him and he takes off for 45 yards down the sideline you like that breaks defenses when you think you have a team stopped and that happens over and over again throughout the game it's just something that 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 just wears you down and can kill you throughout the course of the game I think the Broncos honestly need to to drop everything they're thinking imagine the excitement that would come to Denver with the Heisman winner and the most electric player in college football coming here.
2: It'd be amazing for us. And it'll be interesting, you know, (laughs) even Gruden talking about, I need to change my conventional thinking. Mayock feels like the conventional type of guy that you're talking about, Zach, when you say, like, the NFL as a whole might not be ready to embrace it. So even in Oakland, I think those conversations are going to be really intriguing in that front office about Kyler Murray. And
3: from what we've seen in the past, John Elway is as conventional as it can be.
0: Yeah, and and we're going to actually talk about a guy who's only size because we have a question uh, in here on that. But let's jump to... Do you want to add, Ryan? Nope. Okay, so let's jump to... Uh, questions from the fans here um, do we have time for that in this one Zach no no we're not so we will let's go to break and then when we come back we're gonna jump to questions from the fans I think we have eight uh, might be a, yeah we, we have eight of them we're gonna jump in on that if you want to ask questions and have your question read and answered on the BSN Broncos podcast All you have to do is subscribe, and then by subscribing, being a subscriber, you're able to uh, comment on stories on BSN Denver, and then all you have to do is comment on the uh, latest podcast episode, and then the next day when we record the pod. We read all of those comments from the prior day. If you want to do that today, you can. Go to bsndenver.com. Use promo code Bowl, all one word, for an annual pass for only $25. This deal is only good for the next two days. Tomorrow is the last day we're going to offer it. So uh, once this week is over, uh, the deal goes out the door. So make sure you jump on that promo code senior bowl for a $25 annual pass hey when we come back we're going to go with questions from the fans stick around right here on the bsn denver podcast network
2: green mountain dental group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in lakewood for over 40 years whether it's cosmetic oral surgery or preventative dentistry at green mountain dental group you will find nothing but the best For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Just mention
3: BSN Denver.
0: Welcome back, BSN Broncos. Segment three down here in Mobile, Alabama. Beautiful Mobile. Actually kind of weird, guys. Yesterday, it was raining sideways literally the entire day. Some of them, some of the moments of that rain, I would say, were... Some of the craziest rain we've ever seen, like hurricane conditions. <laughs> um, but it was warm the entire day. Like, even in that rain, it was warm.
2: The warmest day we've had out here,
3: yeah.
0: Today, it's clear skies and looks beautiful, but freezing outside. <laughs> yeah. Really weird.
3: That's some new stuff,
0: man. A <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, little inside joke there from uh, from our Uber driver in New Orleans last year. Okay. Let's jump to some questions, guys. Uh, Chivalicious. Hello, guys. I have a question that was not being asked, so I had to subscribe. Thank you, Chivalicious. We One, got him <laughs> because I love the content, and two, because you cover the team so well, there honestly is not a cast I'd rather get the response from. My question is, sounds like Drew Locke is our guy, but I really do not think he will be there, and I love the idea to get Devin White. What are your thoughts on picking up Devin White at 10 and pulling the trigger on a Will Greer and or a Brett Rippon later on in the draft, whether it be second round or later? I love those two quarterback skill sets and love the idea of solidifying linebacker and developing a quarterback because Rich has proven that he can get the most out of an undrafted man in Nick Mullins why wouldn't he do the same with will or Brett how realistic is this love the pod Sco Buffs so first off dre let's pass this to you um who is devin White and how realistic is this uh, setup
2: here Devin white is my second prospect in the entire draft on the the old big board absolutely in love with him when watching LSU last year number 40 just stood out I mean a heat seeking missile uh, sideline to sideline type linebacker interior linebacker who put in the hands of Vic Fangio could realistically be the next Patrick Willis. I mean, I know that's a lofty comparison, but he is that type of unbelievable talent. The thing is at 10 to pass on a quarterback for a linebacker when you can find very good linebackers later on who are going to be undervalued and would still fit or you could find one in free agency. It's a, it's a really interesting debate. As far as Will Greer, man, I've been back and forth. His his arm talent has not jumped out at me at all here in the Senior Bowl. On top of that, his decision-making is really concerning. The fact that he comes from that West Virginia system, super like spread out. He's going to have to adjust a lot. Doesn't have great prototypical size either. Brett Rip and I like a lot. But man, the Boise State kid, who's not even here, he was at the East West Shrine and won the MVP. So you gotta like that great arm talent from him. So he'd be a nice upside play, but oof. to pass on one of the top quarterbacks and wait on Brett Ripon. I'd rather do the reverse and go, you know, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, and then wait and take a Terrell Hanks. Take a Bobby Okereke, the linebacker from Stanford, who I've liked out here, or Kendall Joseph, who's a great sideline-to-sideline side line undersized linebacker from Clemson, one of those type of guys, and reverse the strategy that's being suggested here.
3: Andre, no disrespect, but it's not a debate at all. Just look last year with the Broncos. You have an opportunity to get a great defensive player or a quarterback, you go with the defensive player and it gets you another developmental year where you're not developing a quarterback and you go six and ten. You get the quarterback if he's there. And Chivalicious says, well, he may not even be there, but if he's your guy, like, like Chivalicious says. You make says, sure you're there. Exactly, exactly. If he's your guy, you do whatever you need to do to move up to one, to move up to eight, wherever you need to get, you do it.
4: Yeah, it... It's unfortunately not a bit debate. I wish it was because I love Devin White, too, and, and I think he could be a star. But on top of that, you have to also keep in mind that John Elway has never, ever in his history, ever once valued a linebacker. And I realize he yeah. just brought in yeah. a guy who absolutely values linebackers, and maybe he would defer to him on some certain things. Inside linebacker, of course. Right. people line- might yeah, say, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. like, oh, his last two top five picks were right, linebackers. Right, right. But yeah. Yeah.
4: Inside linebacker. I mean, he he truly believes that you can find your inside linebacker in the fifth round and beyond, or fourth round and beyond, any day of the week. He's not going to draft a inside linebacker at number 10 when you don't have a quarterback. And honestly, until you have a quarterback – no top ten pick should ever be considered to be used on anything else, no. because you're you're useless until you have a quarterback. All you're doing is wasting years of Von Miller's prime, wasting years of Bradley Chubb's you know uh, rookie contract, all this stuff until you have a quarterback. So that's one point. The other point is that Will Greer's dead to me. He is not <laughs> good. Um, what do he do? What do he do to you behind the scenes, oh Ryan? <laughs> I, he just isn't good. He just he can't he can't play uh, at the next level, in my opinion. Uh, and so I, I, the rip, the Rippon guy is actually far more intriguing to me than oh, yeah, Will yeah. Especially his uncle's
0: point. Mark Rippon. Yep, that's kind of intriguing, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, so
4: sure. there's certainly, uh, something there. I, I love putting these guys in the hands of, of like a, a Rich Gangarello. I would love draft Kyler Murray and then draft Brett Rippon in the fourth or where, wherever you can get yep. him there. That's something that intrigues me. Um, it just, you, you can't, if you go another. You, year without drafting a quarterback uh I I have to question what's going on in your head
0: yeah Yeah, another year where Mahomes is going to have another year of development it's even if you're getting a guy that needs development uh in some aspect of his game start it now you know get in the quarterback game in the AFC West as fast as you can
4: Yeah, yeah and then by the time the Chiefs roster gets picked apart In free agency, your guy will be ready to go. There you go.
0: Uh, Mile High Kansan says, Thanks for the awesome coverage on Dalton Risner on the last pod. So cool to hear my favorite NFL team talking about my favorite college team. The idea of Risner blocking for Lindsey should have all of Broncos country very excited. Shifting to my question, I keep hearing other Denver media outlets talking about the Broncos targeting other veteran quarterbacks like Flacco or Foles to be fair Kansen, are you sure you're hearing other media outlets or are you are you hearing fans on twitter targeting but let's let's continue it the media okay okay let's we'll, we'll talk about that targeting other veteran quarterbacks like Flacco or Foles please tell me that is not true as we need to focus on getting young talent in the building surely Elway has his sights on the draft with Scangarello as OC why would we waste this opportunity to not use his expertise to groom the next young franchise quarterback Side note, what happened to your podcast? Oh, well.
4: The f- yeah, go ahead. Okay,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> Side note, what happened to your podcast, The 53, A Broncos Journey? I thought y'all did a great job on the first couple episodes.
4: We actually talked about that once before on the podcast. The unfortunate thing was um, we had a really hard time gathering uh, audio for that within the locker room, so we're actually working on uh, getting a... a device that'll allow us to get high quality sound within the locker room it's just it's so loud in there you've got von miller like screaming and dancing around and all sorts of fun stuff that yeah it's don't it's a high production
0: well. ryan's absolutely right it's a high production podcast it did very well for us it performed really well we loved it everyone liked it and it's a it's an evergreen content wise so on a business side it's it makes tons of sense for us to produce that kind of content um, but like Ryan said, uh, based on the mic devices that we have, it's expensive to be able to go in and get exclusive audio um, where we don't get background noise and a lot of different other things outside of that. And then produce it, you know, those shows, 15 to 18 minutes, they were, they're about six to 10 hours to produce one of those shows, uh, which is fine, but it just, just... It, You're it not going to put all that take work into some it if it's
4: not going to sound good, Right is the point right. that really... Anyways, going- so
0: anyway, let's jump to, uh, uh, the question here, uh, Denver media outlets talking about targeting other veteran quarterbacks, Flacco or Foles, and, you know, mile high Kansan feels like we're wasting a uh, Skangarello as OC if we do that. My take yesterday was that we sh- that the Broncos should double down, triple down on quarterback, go get a guy if you need like this, uh, knowing that he's not the future, um. And and making them all compete in camp. Maybe the rookie wins. Maybe he doesn't, and he sits behind uh, a Nick Foles for a year and, and learns how to do it. Um, but
3: what's your take on this, guys? My idea is double down or triple down on getting the long-term fix. John O. admitted they have the short-term fix, in town right now with case keenum that's right just Fix stick is with a, is just, a, a strong word <laughs> yeah and john probably thought the same thing just keep him don't add another 10 million dollars to your salary cap by bringing in foals uh or flacco and before the gary kubiak news came out that he wasn't going to be the offensive coordinator flacco or foals made a lot of sense working with kubiak now to me, it doesn't make much sense. Just just roll with Keenum uh, and really double down in the draft, triple down. If you need to go get two guys in the draft, do that. If you need to trade three first-rounders to get your guy number one overall, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, then do that. So is this a Denver media thing
0: that's happening, Ryan? You kind of insinuated, hey, yeah, actually some media are saying that.
4: Yeah, it depends on your uh, definition of the word media, but there are certainly people uh, in the market who are uh, – trying to push that narrative forward um it's an interesting way of looking at things i think it would be so it, i think it would be a huge mistake um to shell out the cash necessary to get one of those guys and and also capital remember both of those guys are under contract where they are so you're going to have to trade to get them they also cost a lot of money and it's not the long-term solution and again I hate to do this and make every decision because Patrick Mahomes is in the division, but you would be blind to not do that. Like, like does, does Joe Flacco being on the field, give you any, how much greater of a chance does it give you to beat a team with the electricity of the chiefs? In my opinion, not much. So I think you, you have to start thinking of the future. I think you have to realize that you're not going to be able to compete uh, for the division right now. With, with them until you have your quarterback of the future and their roster gets picked apart a little bit.
2: I just want to say a thing as the guy who's uh, all in on the offseason, typically on, on the staff here. These reports, they, they might be accurate, but they're accurate because at this point in the offseason, all options are on the table. Any report would be true because we're considering everything to improve the quarterback position. You know, a Carson Wentz trade might be considered. Uh, any of the quarterbacks in the class are being considered. We are not at a point where you're locked in and you have a plan A, B, and C. Everything is being considered. The staff has been in place for all of 10 days, two weeks at most. So the whole offseason plan is still being constructed. So yeah, Foles will, they'll talk about Foles. They'll talk about Flacco. They'll talk about everything. This team, this offense needs a real fix, and they have to. It is their prerogative to not, uh, you know, close any avenue and consider all options. But that really doesn't mean anything.
4: All right, what's the next one?
0: Let's jump to the next question here. Mr. T says, hey, crew, always love the senior bowl coverage, so keep it up. Thanks, Mr. T. You always talk about the need to hit on your first round draft pick. If I'm John Elway... I'm not sold 100% sold on any of the top quarterbacks remaining, or if the quarterback I want is gone by the time we pick, this is my dream draft, and some of this we kind of just talked about why you got to double down on quarterback, but his dream draft, number one, Devin White, number two, Dalton Risner, third and fourth, Minshew, and Rippin in whatever order, fifth and sixth, a speedy receiver and D-line prospects in whatever order, seventh, Wow. One last quarterback <laughs> uh, who no one has heard of and who doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but who Scangarello threatens to resign if he doesn't get. <laughs> um, we draft three quarterbacks and have an open competition in the offseason. Keenum remains as the veteran and may be the best young quarterback to win uh, and may the best young quarterback win. Uh, one goes on the active roster, one to the practice squad, one goes home. The end. So. This guy's idea is that you have Minshew and Rippon in the third and fourth, a guy in the seventh round. They all compete with, um, Keenum. you know, they all compete with Keenum, and you draft Devin White and Dalton Risen one and two. Uh, not exactly uh, the most compelling answer to the Patrick Mahomes question you were just prefacing, right?
4: Yeah, again, it's it, you are not operating in a normal situation here. It's it's you know um, think of it this way the Chiefs are hiring or or we're thinking of hiring or are close to hiring the defensive coordinator who put together the game plans that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl why are they doing that because they know exactly who their biggest roadblock is between them and hoisting a Lombardi trophy well the Broncos the biggest roadblock between them and an AFC West championship is Patrick Mahomes and honestly Every single move you make between now and when you're able to catch the Chiefs in the division has to be moved, made with the idea in mind of, of of playing the Chiefs and surpassing them. So, Brett Rippin, you like none of those things excite me on that front, and I realize that it can't all be quarterback like. You have to solidify the defense. You need to solidify the secondary. Um, you have to solidify the offensive line. But it does start with the quarterback. You have to have a guy with firepower that can, that can go toe-to-toe
3: with a Patrick Mahomes. This draft would be a high-floor, low-ceiling draft for what you need right now. And high-floor, low-ceiling it's what you saw last year. So maybe you go 7-9 and nine next year. Well, that's not what the Broncos are about. So that, that, that's not the moves that you need to be making right now.
0: Yeah, let's jump to the next one here. Sutton 14, Thomas 87. Can we get some Tyree Jackson talk, he says. Haven't heard much so far through the process. Tyree Jackson, the 6'7 quarterback from Buffalo. Um, I can say that, you know, and and I'll pass this to Andre first, but I I think we can all agree that uh, there was just not much to be impressed with Tyree other than how tall he was and he doesn't didn't seem to have much of an arm in comparison to even Daniel Jones um, and certainly not Drew Locke so you know, it's it's tough to get excited about Tyree Jackson. What would you think, Trey?
2: Yeah, on tape, he does unleash an elite arm from time to time. Though he's maddeningly, maddeningly, frustratingly inc- inconsistent. Let's say that um, at the Senior Bowl, he's his ball placement has been behind. He's been a little slow to get the ball out, and uh, just hasn't really looked the part in this setting. You can see that he's uh you know he He's behind in his development to these other quarterbacks, and you'd be taking a real gamble on those raw tools, which haven't stood out in a setting where they really should thus far. So that's been disappointing.
3: Tyree Jackson is six foot seven, and his pads that he wears are like a foot tall. This guy's like eight feet on the field. He is <laughs> massive. And that's honestly been the biggest thing I've noticed from him. He hasn't stood out to me. Uh, I mean, Dre, where are we talking he'd be drafted? I
2: mean, I think going in he had some potential day two hype unless he does some big, big things in this last day of practice and then the game. I think he's worked his way into day three. Yeah,
4: exactly. In, In the words of Vance Joseph, he's tall.
2: That's exactly right.
0: LH is back in the house, fellas. LH Almeida. Uh, Hey, BSN family. Andre from Mile High, Brazil. Uh,
4: So it's not LH. It's Andre borrowing LH's account. uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not. It's not. Uh, Hey, BSN family, Andre from Mile High Brazil, coming to you guys here. All in for Drew Locke as of now, but I've heard some comments that he has problems scanning the entire field and also struggles with progressions. Please, your thoughts on that, and if so, uh, is that an easy thing to fix or kind of a reddish flag? Well, hey, I mean, I'm not going to completely steal the show on this answer, but all of these guys have troubles with progressions and uh, reading the entire field when they come out of college, you know, and that's part of you know becoming an NFL quarterback. Uh, the difference between good NFL quarterbacks and guys who struggle are who's coachable, who really gets in there and and tries to figure that out first and foremost, and those guys succeed, you know. But that's why quarterback. Those that reason right there is the number one thing that rookie quarterbacks struggle with the most is those two things, and so th- that's my feeling on it is that all these guys, none of these guys, scan and go through progression because they don't have to in you know in 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 college. There's not a lot of plays in which a guy has to get to his third read in college, you know, especially on these right. elite programs. Right.
2: No, I mean that that's definitely the book on uh, Drew Locke from a year ago for sure was that boy, when he's throwing off his first read, he's maybe the best quarterback in the draft when he has to go off his secondary read or he's under pressure, he looks like a day three pick. And he's really developed in that area. And even though his stats have gone down, you can see him be a lot better of taking taking what the defense gives him, calmer in the pocket, going through his progressions and taking those you know shots with his second, third, fourth reads, and that's an area that he's made some major strides, and it's why I've kind of changed my tune on Drew Locke from a year ago and am and much higher on him because of what he was able to do through that SEC conference schedule and really improve in that key area, and I think that's very uh, encouraging.
3: And I had a good buddy reach out after hearing all this positive talk about Drew Locke and said, whoa, 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 the accuracy issues on film – are a concern. The reading through progressions are a concern. And yeah, I'm not discounting any of that. This is one part of the process. But right now, he's the best guy here at the Senior Bowl. Are are we talking about him going number one overall? And he's the guy that the Broncos need to trade with Cardinals with? No, we we haven't had a serious conversation about that. There's other guys out there. This is just one piece of the puzzle. And he's impressed this week.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree there. Right. Did you want to add to that? No, I agree with both with what those guys said. Do you like Dags? says, what's up, guys? You're absolutely killing it with this senior bull coverage. BSN sets the bar for offseason Broncos coverage, and it's not even close. Thank you very much on that one. Do you like Daggs? Uh, he says, I am extremely pleased to hear that Drew Locke is dominating the other quarterbacks in Mobile. That comes as no surprise after all the tape I've watched on him. He has been a favorite of mine for a while now, and therein lies the rub. His stock is rising rapidly, and I am getting Baker Mayfield flashbacks all over again. It would not surprise me at all to see Locke taken with the first pick in the draft. The question is, will Elway and company be willing to throw down the draft capital necessary to move up far enough to get him? I have an even bigger concern that you guys can surely address, and actually, let's 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 answer that question first.
4: He's not going number one. He won't go number one. Um, he is a very very intriguing prospect. And yesterday, he compared himself to Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know that that means he's a bust in Zach's eyes, but in my eyes, that's really <laughs> impressive. Um, I I actually see some some poor man's Aaron Rodgers qualities in him. With that being said, he's not a number one overall prospect. That's okay. just not where he stands.
3: So then let's say Dwayne Haskins is their number one guy. Would John Elway move up to number one?
4: Yes, I think he would. If he if he's in love, if he's enamored, if he is all in, um, I think he he would put the necessary chips on the table to get to number one overall. Also, like it's the Cardinals. I feel like you could finesse them a little bit. Um, but well, if not, the Niners are there two? right? I think they can go, um, they can go get it. I just don't know if we're not getting the sense that Elway's in love. I think he likes drew lock a lot uh, uh, of anyone so far. I felt like that's had the most buzz around it, but I feel like if he was in love, like we would hear things like what happened with, uh, Baker Mayfield last year, like, Oh, John Elway's having a secret meeting with drew lock. Like that kind of stuff. Give it time.
0: Well, and listen, we don't know if Elway was even here yesterday and that would be a red flag if we were trying to see if John Elway loved Drew Locke. Well, We'll know when we get there today. Yeah, you know, that's right.
3: That's or the, right. the the Browns did a great job of keeping their Baker Mayfield love under the carpet for so long. Maybe that's what John's doing this year is is trying to there keep There were rumors that
0: Dorsey took
3: Baker out, though, remember? But yeah, that was the beginning. It was a shock that he was taken number one overall, though. I mean, people were not connecting the dots and did not know that he was going to go number one overall at this time.
2: He was in top five. I'll just say, if they trade up to number one and take Locke over Haskins, that is an absolutely bad call. Bad, bad call. There's no other way to put it.
0: Well, you're just measuring it off of the fact that you feel like the risk profile with Haskins is much lower than everybody else because he checks all the boxes. If they feel like Locke has the chance to go, like like zach said hey is he your guy not a guy you like but is
4: he your? if he is your guy yeah. and that's the guy you believe then you go and you do anything it takes to get him but you wouldn't need the, the thing is you wouldn't need to go to number one to get drew lock so even if you go to number two that's fine. i don't know At this what
0: point d- we don't know we've got a combine
3: to go through we've got we've got
4: true right. uh, you know uh, uh pro
0: days.
3: workouts pro days yeah i mean but, it's and, late and january what if know. baker mayfield was your guy I mean, two days before the draft, a lot of people thought Sam Darnold was the number one pick. And, you know, the Broncos could wait till three to get Baker or something like that. You you don't, if he's your guy, you don't
0: wait. He says, I have an even bigger concern that you guys can surely address. Now or after you all return home from Mobile. With the new coaching staff now taking its final shape. I'm extremely nervous about the retention of wide receiver coach Zach Azani. While he has proven himself to be a capable coach, his methods may be suspect. Through all the great offseason coverage last year, Azani's unconventional training methods were often noted. This included various drills, such as the chairs between the legs, to increase the wide receiver's mobility. In the season that followed, both Sanders and Thomas tore their Achilles tendons within weeks of each other. Could there be something to this, or was it just a terrible coincidence of bad luck? Much love to the whole BSN fam. Uh, Go ahead, guys, and and talk about Zach Azani if there's any correlation here. And then I'll tell my Braxton Berrios story about Azani when you guys are done.
4: Um, No. If anyone's, honestly, if you want to blame anyone for those two Achilles tendon tears, you would blame Lauren Landau. Um, And and I'm not going to try and do that either. Um, The way, I mean, the way guys get injured is not from, you know, running routes differently in practice or you know running around um the the posts that he likes to put up or the uh, hurdles or whatever it is um that's not going to cause the the necessary wear and tear on an achilles to snap um now you know running up the hill or whatever that type of stuff that strength and conditioning coaches do that can stress on on the achilles but again that's two thirty year old receivers who have been putting a lot of stress on their feet and their legs for a long, long time, those things just happen. So I think I, I lean towards it being a coincidence. But if if you're pointing at a coach whose fault it is, it's not Azani.
3: Yeah, and in terms of other unconventional ways, I know we've mentioned in the past that the veterans DT and Emmanuel were a little suspect on Zach Azani at first, and that's a good thing though because he made them uncomfortable. That's why they moved on from some coaches the year before was veterans were coaching the coaches and, and stomping all over the coaches. It's good that Zach Azani came in and made those guys feel uncomfortable. So in terms of, you know, the the specific coaching things that were different from this year, I really like that from Azani.
2: Well, and it should be said, Thomas got injured when he was at Houston. So to put that on Azani or anyone on the Broncos, I don't
0: know. Yeah, listen, here's what ACL tears you guys are. Um, or Achilles tears, Uh, these are because an athlete cuts. It's such force that, you know, the muscle mass uh, and and the explosion that's coming from from that area of his body is so great that the tendon actually just completely tears. And that's what happens when you are at the level of athleticism that we are right now as humans, especially our pro-athletes. You know, and I actually read a great study. We won't turn this into a big podcast segment, but I read a great study a couple of years ago about how pro athletes, uh, the muscle, their muscle structure right now is not uh, our our bone density and our skeletal structure wasn't meant to carry the muscle mass that our professional athletes are carrying right now. And it's affecting all levels of our bodies, especially the tendons and stuff. And so like before pro A guy like J.J. Watt, for example, is an anomaly. The body shouldn't be able to do the things that he does at that size. That's why he's hurt all the time because it's just not natural for him to be able to move like that. Same with Rob Gronkowski, you know.
4: So, anyway. The crazy thing is it makes LeBron James even more of a unicorn that he hasn't had more injuries. Sure, sure.
0: Um, Good point. But but when it comes to Azani, uh, you know, he was very well-respected around the league. That was a hire that they got right. This guy started as a wide receiver coach in Tennessee. was his first notable job. Um, and there were guys that we talked to. It seemed like everybody kind of knew Azani uh, at the Senior Bowl last year. Braxton Berrios, a guy that I kind of fell in love with earlier, um, who was – Kind of last year's um, Isabella, except a little different style, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, more blue collar, not as much pizzazz. And uh, he actually knew Azani and talked about how Azani tried to recruit him and uh, the favorable kind of memories that he had of Azani. Guys really like Zach Azani, you know, plus he has a dope last name, right? Uh, yeah. And a
3: dope <laughs> first and middle name, I'd say. Yeah,
4: same first and middle name as our own Zach.
3: What's his middle name? Zachary
4: David. Oh, Zachary David. Okay, all right. Uh, Let's go to Mr. Freeze. Whoa, whoa.
0: I never said Locke was too good to drop to 10. I just don't think he's going to make it to 10. Everybody without one is trying to find their quarterback, and there's not a lot of choice in this draft. I want absolutely no part in Murray. Someone mentioned the Locke to Sutton combo. And it made me think about how Case just didn't have the arm strength to get it to Sutton deep. And until he gets better at separation and expands his route tree, we need someone who can just launch it to him.
4: Well, uh, there's something to be said for that. The only thing I'll say is that if Drew Locke does become a Bronco, he's going to need to change the way he throws the deep ball uh, if he's going to throw it to Cortland Sutton. Yep. He loves to throw it on a line. And for the speedy receivers – that he had in Missouri especially considering the coverages they were getting that worked because they could get behind them and he would just laser it uh, all the way down the field to a guy who is open you have to throw Cortland Sutton to a place where he can be open look he's always open if you put the ball in the right place um so Locke is going to just have to to learn to get his deep ball a little higher in the air so Sutton can do what he does and go high point it
3: yeah, and here's the thing: you don't have to worry about Drew Lock, Drew Lock's willingness to throw deep. You need to go in, read my article um, on BSN called "Drew Lock Unquestionably Has Rick Scangarello's Non-Negotiable Quality." Just read at at what this guy does on the field.
4: Yeah, and again, I'm kind of I'm not disagreeing with the fact that you might have to move up from ten. I'm just saying you don't have to move up to one. Um, It'll be interesting to see how things shake out. Maybe Drew Locke ends up being the second overall quarterback. I don't think he's going to be the first. So maybe you don't have to make a pre-draft trade. Maybe once you see Haskins go off the board, then you say, okay, now we need Absolutely. to
2: get up to the next spot. Yep. Let that first domino fall in place. I do think that on deep balls, Keenum and Sutton had a pretty good connection. The problem was on you know short to intermediate where... Sutton couldn't get open and had some drops by the end of the season, so yeah, I don't know I, if that's totally fair to case.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say, Dre. Listen, whenever you're talking about this combo, you have to make sure that you mentioned that you know Sutton was having some issues with his route running, and then he was dropping passes. Yeah, uh, and so you know that's that's not Case's fault. He's got to step up there. Yep, you
4: know? 100%. He was second in the league in drops. Yeah, not uh, good.
0: I thought uh, Deshaun Hamilton would make a little more of an impact, especially later on, than he did as well. Yeah, you know, and that was the guy that was kind of opposite. He wasn't the physical freak, but the guy that was supposed to be able to kind of be more of a quick, mm-hmm. quick twitch guy that could get mm-hmm. open. You know. Um, final question. H Town Bronco. Final question here. I may be biased because I live in Houston now, but Whataburger is the best fast food joint to get a burger. Not even close. Don't at me. Uh, 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 uh,
4: uh We're going to at you after we try it.
0: Yeah, yeah we, we are going to at you. So we're trying <laughs> it on the way to uh, Mississippi as we drive to New Orleans tonight. Uh, that's going to be our dinner. So we'll let you know uh, exactly what we all think of Whataburger and we'll give you the rundown on tomorrow's podcast. He says, all jokes aside, with the reports that Denver is leaning towards trading for Flacco or Foles, please not Flacco. Uh, do you still See Denver drafting lock at 10. I'm hoping and pulling for Greedy Williams, Ed Oliver, or Devin White. Uh, I am an UH alum, and I've met Ed Oliver multiple times and seen him play in person with my eyes. As someone who has played football all my life, trust me when I say Ed Oliver is a effing monster. There's no one better Eyes don't lie, and I've never seen anyone demoralize and scare an opponent an opponent like Ed Oliver does. I've seen him beat a triple team on multiple occasions, which doesn't even make sense, but he can do it. Any team would love to have him. Our interior D-line would be set for years to come with Oliver. So, uh, first off, it sounds like H-Town Bronco with the please not Flacco really doesn't want to go Flacco, and it sounds like he doesn't want to go Foles either, um, but... If that's the case, uh, to, to preface his question here, Ryan, if they were to trade for one of those guys, do you still see them taking a quarterback, H-Town says lock at 10?
4: No, I, I wouldn't. I don't think they're going to do the, the all-in thing, go for a, a veteran and a young guy. You could make the case that maybe they should, um, but I don't see them getting that aggressive. Um, I also don't see them getting at Oliver, Greedy Williams or Devin White. I think it's going to be a quarterback there in the first round. Um, it just
2: So you're saying You're saying hey, they're no.
4: not going to trade
0: for either of those guys or sign either of those guys and they're not and, and they're getting a quarterback there.
4: Yeah, that's that's what I think has to happen at this point and and the more um, the more I sit and, you know, absorb the way this offseason is operating, the more I see that's the way things are going to happen. So I I don't think there's any reason to to start getting too excited about the defensive prospects.
3: Yeah, and that's how I see it as well. The long-term fix that John Elway wants – I don't think John Elway can convince himself that Flacco or Foles are that long-term fix. He knows it's a young guy. He knows it's the Patrick Mahomes way in terms of the young quarterback. Do what you need to do to get him, just like the Chiefs did, moving up to get him. Although they didn't go to number one, you know, they moved to where the Broncos are right now. And that's the way they're going to go. And I will agree with H-Town Bronco that Ed Oliver is a monster.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. And also these reports. I mean, again, what's the report? They They're, might consider.
4: Yeah, it's not a report, uh, and like, and I understand fans um, not totally being able to decipher the uh, the escape words as I call them. But the the report was the Broncos may consider going for Foles or Flacco, just the way I may consider the, asking Kate Upton out. Yeah, right. and, and hey, <laughs> you know,
0: it's a a lot of these. And and you know not to disrespect anyone, but a lot of these are fan blogs, run by fans. And well, that the one headline that kind of went viral with the two forty seven headline or whatever. And sometimes it'll come report from a, hey, maybe someone said it on the radio or something. So they they write the headline on the report, but whatever. Yeah, absolutely.
4: It's <laughs> it's just it's it's a. Uh... It's a uh, sifting season. You have to be really careful what reports you believe, and and again, a lot of these aren't reports. They're just they're just buzzmongering, I guess, is what I'll call it. Not in a bad way. It's just people are kind of taking what's what's buzzing and and running with it.
0: Well, there you go. Hey, that's all of the questions uh, today. We're gonna get after it. Uh, we are gonna be there for the next uh, session. Uh, first first practice of. Uh, Thursday here in Mobile, Alabama, in about 45 minutes. So we're going to get rolling. Uh, If you have any questions for the pod, make sure that you subscribe at bsndenver.com. Use promo code Bowl, all one word, for a $25 annual pass. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for following along. Tomorrow, we'll let you know how Whataburger was and uh, hopefully Ryan's not going to be as hard. Ryan traditionally is is hard on the on the you know big trendy
4: uh, food lines, aren't you, Ryan? I am, and also um, maybe more important to you guys, we'll let you know how practice went today.
0: <laughs> After we talk about Whataburger, hey, thank you so much, guys! Another episode of BSN Broncos podcast on the BSN Denver podcast network. See you tomorrow. Hey BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer. And we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the Bar Page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to BSNBars.com, and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser, and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network